Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt Staub. And welcome to our podcast. This is where we cover business news and add our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, can send in to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. And as I've said before, soon to be dot pizza, I've looked it up and it is definitely coming. Just not yet. TBD. I'm glad you took my advice from the last episode and varied your intro. So it, it did sound a little <laughs> bit different. So I do appreciate that. Okay, that's good. Well, very good. What do we have start of the show here today, uh, Matt? I called you Jim, which of course is the name of our guest. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, now you ruined the surprise. I know. But I, know. I messed up. <laughs> so in the last, I'd say, I was going to say last couple months, but really all of this year and some of last year, there's been a lot of people that I know have approached me or contacted us and, and asked about wanting to start a company, but wanting some social good behind it too. And I think a lot of people do some preliminary searching and stumble across this B Corp idea. And they might not know a lot about it, but that's typically a lot of the phone calls that are contacts that I get is people saying, Hey, I want to start this company. I want to do something good. Just, you know, not just be all about making money. And how about this B Corp idea? And it is a cool idea and not every state currently allows it, but it is out there for a good chunk of states. I think almost half of them now. And, and California is still relatively new as well. Yeah, I think California has been around for probably four or five years, I want to say. But I'm, I'm kind of guessing there. I know it's been a little bit of time. And I know Delaware now has it too. So some of the more important states for these corporations are there. But let me just break down here. So benefit corporations, or, or I should say B Corps, is a legal status. It kind of depends. Colloquially, they're used kind of synonymously. But it can mean different things. But basically, that kind of legal status, basically, it's a for-profit uh, corporation. But the difference is that the shareholders can hold the company accountable differently in the sense that in a for-profit corporation, the board of directors and their officers have to take the best interest of the company by making as much profit as possible. But whereas in a benefit corporation, they could also choose to add on a public benefit as a standard of their success, so to speak. And so they're not held to the same kind of fiduciary duty as they would other companies to their shareholders. But then on top of that, there's this whole benefit corporation certification that a third party, I think there's at least one, maybe I think there might be another main one out there that goes through this process. And so to kind of get a better idea of how this works, we brought in Jim Osgood. He's from Clean Canteen. And welcome to the program. Great to be here, guys. Thanks for inviting us. Absolutely. And Clean Canteen is a B Corporation certified by B Labs, correct? That is correct. We were certified in October of 2012. And we are also, since that time, a registered benefit corporate of California. Very cool. So just to define that, your legal status is a benefit corporation in California, but then you've been certified by B Labs. Is that correct? That's correct. And the distinction there is that B Lab, as a B Core certification, is an impact assessment third party audit that's the objective measures of meeting that criteria. The legal status is one that is an outcome of becoming a B Core. So we were not a benefit corporation prior to going through the impact assessment process through B Lab. Okay. It was one of the many action items that came as a legal recognition of our status. And as you, I think, very well put, the intent of that is that we're not all about just maximizing economic value or shareholder value. 
it's I'm now legally and have a fiduciary responsibility to maximizing social and environmental impact as well. Yeah. So tell us about your company and and that process. I've heard the certification process is pretty rigorous. That it's not for everyone, for sure. But if you can enlighten us on that, that'd be great. Sure. Well, we've actually been kind of practicing the virtues and values of being a benefit corporation really since the beginning of our company. In fact. It was the very reason for starting our company back 10 years ago. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. And we started with a very basic objective, and that is help eliminate the impact of plastic water bottles in our environment and create a reusable solution. And hence, we created the very first stainless steel water bottle that actually that very first embodiment remains in our product offering today. And we've built our business based on trying to provide reusable solutions for single-use items in today's market. So it's a reusable and responsible solution for everyday life. So when we learn more about B-Lab and the B-Core certification, you know, so often we can kind of drink our own Kool-Aid and we think we're doing great, but we lack those objective measures. We also lack kind of an external focus of how are we doing versus the other companies that are like-minded. And so in 2010, B-Lab came about and the certification process was born. Actually, I think the process was pretty painless. In fact, it was quite motivating and inspiring because it's very well organized. There's four areas of focus. The survey is available, so you don't have to go through the certification process to actually understand how you're doing. You can actually take the impact assessment and use that for your own internal uses, so you don't actually have to go through the entire process of certification. But once you do, part of the commitment is to transparency. So you can go online at bcorporation.net and see Clean Canteen score, how we did in 2012 in each of the four categories. And that is also the basis for, okay, so where do we need improvement? And that that third-party assessment gives us the objective measures to see where we can do better and where we can do more. And so that's used as a progress report and objective measure both internally as well as as we manage our progress as a business at the board level. Very good. So Jim, when these people constantly contact us about B Corps, one of the things they always ask at some point is, you know, what are the benefits other than the the philosophy of the company and the philosophy of being a B Corp, what are some of the benefits that a company is going to have if they get that B Corp certification? So I guess my question to you is, what have you seen since becoming certified that's really helped out your company? A great question. That really is the cornerstone of why bother. And there's really two paths. One is internal focus and one is external. Internally, it helped us really organize ourselves around what do we think matters? How do we want to run our business? And so it gave us important measures that were non-financial metrics. We can manage our business like a traditional corporation in terms of making sure that we're growing the way we want to grow and we're efficiently managing our business. So there's operational metrics, financial metrics, and so forth. But we didn't have any kind of metrics to say, how are we doing on those other elements for which we're responsible? How do we measure our impact on the environment? How do we measure the robustness of our design? How do we measure the responsible use of resources that we consume in manufacturing that may not be solely financially related? So it really helped us identify those areas that we wanted to, to measure and then manage. And as a result of that, we're a much healthier business. We are able to look at the total health, the holistic health of our business, not just the financial health, which can actually mask longer-term implications of the overall health of our business. So, And that cuts across all functions. So it's not just a sustainability initiative. It's a all-company woven into the fabric of our company culture 
and our priorities as a company. So that internal focus allows us to run our business that much better and be that much more profitable and able to actually be better stewards of the resources that we consume in our business. Externally, we're a privately held family-owned company in California, so we don't have obligations to external stakeholders in the sense of shareholders. We have responsibilities to our suppliers and our end consumers of their confidence in buying our products and how they partner with us in helping us run our business. So the idea of transparency of this is how we're running our business, this is what we'd like to do long-term, join us in this effort of openness so that we can both grow together. So it really forges deeper-rooted relationships with our supply network as well as the confidence and attitude of those folks that actually buy our products as part of their commitment to living a conscious consumer life and a well-informed consumer life. So there's many, many facets. It's not just one area. It's many areas of value and impact that we find that we benefit from. And we've actually taken many new steps to improve our performance, to enrich our benefits to our employees, to provide better governance, all of which mitigates the risk of modern business. So I think that in doing so, we've actually created a much more sustainable business in the sense of ensuring our future health, not just our day-to-day operation. Yeah, and I imagine, uh, like you said, working with other vendors, customers that are benefit corporations themselves and, and are certified are going to be preferred just as customers are going to prefer those that are certified as well. Well, that's pretty great insight. I think a lot of people from the outside that are not aware of this kind of community can really benefit from what you're saying for sure. Your comment about like-mindedness, I think, is really a key because it allows us to forge better relationships with those that work with us. So that community of B Corp, it's a wonderful filter as opposed to if you're looking for a new source for a material or a new partner to do some sort of service. If they're a benefit corporation, you already know that philosophically and in terms of core values are already well aligned. So you're mitigating the risk of selecting a poor partner through conventional vetting processes. So it actually works in some of the even the most basic steps of defining new partnerships. Every episode, we have a question of the day. Here's our question. One of our employees does great work and isn't breaking any office rules, but we've noticed he is posting very questionable content on his social media. Can we fire him for this since he lists us as his employer on his profiles? And this comes from a company in Burbank, California. (laughs) Okay. So we've covered some issues with social media with your employees. And I think the first thing that comes to mind is what privacy issues, right? But the whole question of whether you can terminate them or not is... I would look at it this way. You can fire them for the same reasons or you cannot fire them for the same reasons, whether or not it's because of social media. It has, In other words, social media doesn't necessarily change the rule. It's the same as if they're posting questionable content on a public forum. It's the same as them acting in a public place and acting up and so forth. And if that's cause for you to terminate them, and so long as it's not for an illegal reason like discrimination or whatever else it could be, any kind of labor law violation that they complained about, then it's totally uh, kosher. 
And I'm glad this question came up because I do want to get Jim's take on it because it sounds like culture is obviously very important to Clean Canteen. So if this sort of situation would come up with, for you, Jim, I mean, how, how would you handle it? Wow, that's a great question that in many ways, the vast majority of the likelihood of this occurring starts with the selection of employees. We, we yeah. first start in selecting employees based on core value fit that philosophically they understand what we stand for and we understand what they stand for. and we start there. And so the attitude, the philosophy, the shared core values are established on day one. So the likelihood of that happening is minimized by virtue of that process that we use for, you know, adding folks to join our team here. Secondly, like most companies, we establish expectations around their personal voice versus when they're acting on behalf of clean. And we have pretty broad standards for that, that we want each of our folks to be an ambassador of Clean Canteen. We want them to be able to speak publicly in their own communities and their own relationships about our business interests, what we stand for, what we're doing, and to do it in a very informed way. So training and education is key so they actually have a context of being informed. So we spend a lot of time and energy working with our folks, sharing information, providing formal and informal training, exposing them to our operations so they actually do have an informed point of view as opposed to a perception of something. So again, that further reduces the risk of this happening. And we always invite questions. If someone is taking up a pause on social media that's contentious, we would first invite that to be discussed internally to say, rather than taking it to the streets, if there's a concern, create an atmosphere, an openness, a clean, and as both the culture and the opportunity for escalation. If there's a concern, Let's talk about it. Let's not have it. Let's not force that person to seek a different outlet to share that concern or vent that frustration. Let's address it directly and openly and candidly and honestly and say if we're doing something wrong or if there's something causing a problem, let's deal with it one-on-one or let's deal with it directly and not in the court of public opinion, if you will. Yeah, no doubt. And that's great perspective. Again, going, you know, we talked about this in our last episode is that you have to go to the source of the problem. If you have an employee that is doing that, yeah, there's a way to deal with it is whether you want to terminate them or discipline them, but that's kind of reacting to the problem, not really preventing it. And great question, Matt, because you're obviously right. Jim has a very good understanding of company culture and the positive effects it can have on business and legal risk management for that matter. So Jim, we obviously said uh, Clean Canteen is your company, but you want to tell our audience a little bit more about it? Sure. As I alluded to earlier, we started the company in 2004 with that basic premise of a commitment to finding a better alternative to single-use plastic bottled water, not just because of the environmental impact, but also because of the health effects. As you may recall, in 2008, the research and science behind BPA and the effects on human health, it was banned in Canada. Shortly thereafter, other countries followed, but literally overnight, the BPA-free initiative cleared the shelves in Canada of all plastic water bottles, uh, reusable plastic water bottles, and created a huge vacuum of need for essentially the world now that there is awareness of BPA. And that's what really put Clean Canteen on the map. And since that time, we've taken that momentum and continue our quest to essentially make reusable solutions as easy and obvious, cost-efficient and convenient as single-use, that everyday life using a reusable clean canteen or, or other reusable bottle to go get your morning coffee and take it with you to school or work should be as easy and obvious as grabbing that single-use paper cup from Starbucks. 
And the consciousness of it, the, the awareness of it, the vast majority of our effort is around education and advocacy. The products simply deliver the promise of our brand of, of knowledge and awareness and making informed choices. I guess I would say that we're a for-profit business that thinks and acts like a non-profit, not just as a benefit corporation, but truly our everyday actions. And so we give back, and part of being a benefit corporation is helping support non-profit organizations that do the good research, education, and advocacy, because we simply can't do it all on our own. So we dedicate and have given 1% of our sales, not profits, but sales, to qualified nonprofit organizations that are doing that good work. And I'm proud to say that this year, even being the modest-sized company that we've been, we'll be giving our $1 million this year to nonprofit organizations. So we're very, very proud of our commitment, not just in providing high-quality products, but also serving our community and serving those nonprofit organizations that are, are helping advance the awareness of the impact on our environment, in our communities of what single-use waste really does to our environment and our bodies. Excellent. Well, that's Jim Osgood from Clean Canteen. That's a cleancanteen.com, but clean and canteen start with a K and not a C. So, But we'll also put a link to in our show notes, of course, in case people learn how to spell the clean canteen right. That's not the <laughs> correct way to spell it. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, well, thank you for joining us, and I'll see you in the next episode. Keep us on and keep us smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Staub. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.